0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Golfer's Journal podcast brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf. My name's Tom Coyne. I'm a senior writer at the Golfer's Journal. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We have a really cool conversation to share with you today. It's a little something different. I had the chance recently to sit down and have a conversation with a new friend of mine. I'd never actually met him before, but I read some of his books. Anthony Piappi. Now, Anthony has written a number of different golf books and has written widely on golf. Great social media follow as well. has a lot of interesting and informed opinions about golf, but he sort of has this cool niche, and the two books that that I'd looked at before were The Finest Nines and To the Nines. He's written two books about nine-holers in America. I think it's just a subject that's really interesting. I sort of fell in love with nine-holers in my travels around Scotland and Ireland, and wished we had more of a nine-holer culture over here, Well, we do, and and Anthony has found it. It was great to be able to sit down with him. We actually played a nine-holer together at Fenwick in Connecticut. I'm traveling around the country playing all 50 states, and for my next book, A Course Called America, Anthony was nice enough to come out and join me at one of the courses that he's written about and is one of his favorites. It's a really cool place. I mean, these nine holes of golf, you see the ocean, or you see water, I should say, on pretty much every single hole. The holes wind themselves through this old New England seaside town, it was idyllic and awesome. I mean, you're playing golf. There's, you know, they're like six million dollar mansions everywhere, but you're playing a twenty dollar golf course at the same time. It was a an interesting crossroads of accessible golf surrounded by extraordinary wealth, like Catherine Hepburn's old house and stuff like that. It was, it was quite a day. It couldn't have started off better than having this chance to sit down with Anthony at the golf course and talk about nine-holers, and talk about nine-hole culture, and really interesting guy with a lot of cool ideas and some cool history to share. So that's coming up for you. Before we get to that, just want to remind folks, our Broken Tea Society event at Trinity Forest, well, it's sold out in like record time. If you weren't able to get in on this one, please do check out the Puntamita meetup. We have just a handful of spots that's definitely going to sell out as well. So go to the events page on golfersjournal.com. Also a reminder that Well, by the time you're listening to this, some of you, you'll be looking at Golfer's Journal number 8, which is great. It's shipping now, so it should either be in your mailbox today, tomorrow, next week, very soon. So please check that out. We're very proud of it. It's a fantastic collection of work. And also just to remind you, whether you're playing 9 holes, 12 holes, 6 holes, or 18 holes, or like I'm doing every day now, 36 holes, The ball you want to be playing, we all know, is the new Pro V1 and Pro V1X. It has more speed, more precision, and more consistency. I was recently able to go out to the Titleist Performance Institute and see where they test the balls. and Actually, it's really cool. They keep all the balls in a refrigerator to keep the atmospheric conditions all the same before they let the robot smash them out into the range and they're out there hand measuring where the balls are landing. It's just so precise and they're testing their balls. They're testing all their competitors balls. So you know that so much has gone into the new pro V1 and pro V1 X. You can trust your game to it. I'm trusting my game to it and I'm playing, playing them a lot and I haven't been losing that many. Thank goodness, which is a bonus for the amount of golf I've been playing. In any event, also want to thank the sponsors from the pages of the golfers journal. And that would be link soul, Scotty Cameron, Titleist oakley new york private bank and trust and links and kings remember to follow us at golfer's journal and you can follow my cross country adventures at coin and real quick just one editor's note in this interview anthony refers to brattleboro country club and he meant to say bellow falls country club i don't know the difference between either one but if you do anthony wanted to make sure we got it right so there you are so now let's go to fenwick connecticut and speak with author anthony Piappi. Who knows that it's not the quantity of golf holes that matters, but the quality. All right, folks, I'm here at the Fenwick Golf Course. I'm in Connecticut, I believe. Yes, you are. All right, and I'm here (laughs) bouncing around a lot. And I'm here with my friend, Anthony Piappi, who... Anthony, do you live... You live down here, here. Uh, I up live in here.
1: Middletown. I live about 25 miles north of here.
0: Okay, so we're about to play a nine-holer together, and you are Mr. Nine-holer. You know, when I think of nine-holers in America, I think of you, certainly because of your book, The Finest Nines. Right. Great book. And nine-holers are close to our heart at the Golfer's Journal. I mean, we've done... Right stories about Sweeten's Cove. I've done a story about Shishkin, which is a 12 holer over I played in Shishkin, Scotland. wonderful golf course. It's cool, isn't it? So there's something about you know the shorter courses, I think that resonates with you know the Golfer's Journal one because they're under the radar and we like to write about stuff that not everyone's writing about. I and mean, they don't get a lot of attention especially in the states. But I also think that they're sort of, you know, the Golfer's Journal is very much about community right. and building community and for whatever number of reasons. I think that nine-holers are often, you know, can be the centers of communities, maybe because of they're smaller and they kind of fit better into some towns, places like Winter Park. Maybe that's their accessibility that allows them to sort of become a little bit more of a community hub. What's your take on nine-holers and and why has it sort of become your kind of niche? In I mean, you've written other books as well and written a lot about golf, but it's kind of the nine-hole thing that, you know, I, I associate Right, because my first book was To the
1: Nines, and Fenwick, Fenwick right. was into the Nines. And I agree with you that community is interesting. I think there's so I grew up in New England and I grew up in central Massachusetts on the Connecticut border, and we had a lot of nine hole courses around us. And I assume that's the way the rest of golf was in the United States. It wasn't until I started to travel and got out and to realize that that didn't happen. Most of the states that have more nine hole golf courses than 18 are west of the Mississippi. So you get out into these plain states, and they're very much community courses because they wanted a little sand green golf course, or they wanted a golf course that had nine holes where they could play. It wasn't upkeep. There wasn't a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of land. The only state east of the Mississippi is Maine. And I think the reason Maine has them is because Maine was a resort state, the shore for a lot of people. So when you went from Boston or Worcester or you know, Springfield up to Maine, you had boating, and you had sailing and you at swimming and you at tennis but golf was also part of your activity and i think that's one of the reasons it's also here in in Alsabeck because other things were going on around here when Fenwick was built it was built In 1894 so we're talking before the US Open the US Amateur right it was part of the first golf boom when the Fenwick Hotel was here so people were playing golf and then it became part of the community as the borough of Fenwick was built up around it but I agree with you that a lot of the nine-hole golf courses are part of a community
0: yeah it's very cool so this course 1894
1: was wow. when the so what happened was is the Fenwick Hotel was there. Uh-huh. I'll show you where it is, where it was. This, as the story goes, these women put a tomato can in the ground. The green that they created is still there. It's still the sixth part of the sixth green. It's round.
0: Is it still a tomato can? Yes, it is. Because uh, I, I mean, would like to, <laughs> yeah. like a, hopefully, one of those big like pizza sauce cans. <laughs> it's huge. I good, guarantee good, good. you, know, <laughs> three putt that great.
1: It's awesome. No, and and then it became three holes. And then it became nine holes as the golf boom kind of took off. And yeah. in 1900, the first, I think it was the Fenwick Open, Findlay Douglas played in it and won. And that is right in his prime. That's when he's finishing second or winning US amateurs. Yeah. And he came out and played here. And it's quite a golf course. I'm
0: psyched to play it. So, you getting into writing about nine holers, you know, so two books about nine holes. Two, yeah. 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 Um,
1: finest Nines and Two the Nines.
0: Yeah. I was looking at the Finest Nines. And so, what is it about? Is it just, you know, as a writer, you're saying, all right, that's an unexplored kind of subject, why I'm interested in it, right. or are there other reasons that you want to, that you wanted to write about nine-hole golf courses? Well, well, one was definitely the unexplored. Again, like I said, I didn't realize
1: that people didn't grow up with 9 yeah, right. golf courses around them. And two is I immediately realized they were underappreciated. And one of the ways I learned that is about Fenwick. I learned, I golfed here when I first moved to Connecticut in 1980. I moved here in 88, 89, I played this golf course. And virtually everybody I talked to 99% blew off this golf course and I had been here and I had never seen a golf course like this it's on the water there's no fairway irrigation you know you have to play the wind you have to learn to play the ball on the ground and I was just enthralled with this golf course and very few people were and looking back at the golf course that the the private golf course in my town a nine-hole Donald Ross called Cohassie it was also underappreciated by people who lived in the town and even some people who played there oh they wanted to go and play an 18-hole mediocre golf course and I'm thinking to myself you're on a Donald Ross nine-hole golf course they've confirmed he's been on site they know that Walter Hatch made some improvements his construction engineer one of them some improvements a few years later you get the real deal here yeah, And I really thought that people needed to to learn to appreciate or become aware of these places, because when you talk golf, nobody ever said you should go when I'm in Connecticut, you should go play Fenwick. And so people didn't play it because they didn't know about it. And yeah. I want to be that person that said, hey, you need to stop and play these golf courses.
0: And you have. And and so what's the why don't we appreciate them? You know, when I've, I've written a lot about Scotland and Ireland, we right. have a lot a great nine hole culture over there. Right and nobody, you know, gets uptight about well that's just a nine holer this that and the other um, you just go around twice if you want to card a card to tournament score or right. it's no big deal why do we have this kind of stigma of 9 versus 18 because to me like the nine holer solves a lot of problems that face golf in terms of time cost Accessibility, the 9 holer fixes a lot of that. So why are we so like 18 or bust?
1: Well, I, first of all, I won't agree with what you said about Scotland a few years ago. I caddied at MacRae and Dunes, and you, we would go down and play Dunaverty, which is yeah. like par sixty-five. Right. And nobody ever thought of it as not a real golf course, even though it was eighteen. It was eighteen holes. Carradale, the the nine-hole golf. Love course. Carradale up there. Oh my god, Fantastic. so fun. I think it's that kind of macho 7,000-yard tournament course. We use these terms in the United States that you just don't hear over there. I don't think people think nine-hole golf courses are legitimate. The phrase I hear all the time is little nine-hole golf course, even right. when it's 3,500 yards. Right. Well, that's a 7,000-yard golf course if you play it twice. It's not little. Fenwick, the wind is blowing today. The wind is always blowing. It's, what's it, 2,700 yards from the back tees? We're not going to shoot our handicaps today you know, it's not a little golf course. And so I think we get hung up as Americans on the number. Yeah. We get hung up on par 72. We get hung up on 18 holes. We get hung up on 7,000 yards. And as a result, we don't appreciate or have the opportunity to appreciate wonderful golf courses.
0: Yeah. Those are great points. So as I'm, I'm traveling around America, playing my brains out right now for a course called America, my next book available (laughs) 2021, (laughs) always be closing Anthony. So, What are some of the places that I need to visit or, you know, places that you've written about that our readers might not know about that kind of blow your mind in terms of quality nine hole or short course, uh, short courses out there in in the States?
1: Yeah, I'll give you a couple. I mean, one of them is in Massachusetts in Marion, Mass. It's on the same road as Cotanson. It's called Marion Golf Course. And it's George Thomas's first design. It's a throwback. I mean, they've done very little work on it. So you're playing what he built and you can see him when you, play it a few times experimenting you know he has blind shots on three par threes and they're all blind including one that's 115 yards he has convex greens, he has concave greens he has holes you can you have to carry the approach shot into he has holes you can bounce them into and i really feel like it's like driving a model a or a model t like you really get the experience of what he built because so little has changed you talk about Sweetens Cove, I think it's the greatest modern course. Modern nine hole without a doubt. Whitensville, I rate as the number one nine hole golf course in the United States, it's fantastic. Where is fantastic. Where's that? And Whitensville Mass, which is you're within an hour and a half of it.
0: Ah uh, jeez. I knew about the first one Marion. you met, Marion. Yeah. I knew about that. Didn't they have a U.S. Open there? No, I'm just kidding. The <laughs> the other one that's on my list, but I'm not familiar with. Right,
1: it. and then and then because Whitensville people blow off Cohassie because they're driving Cohassie, which I rate is the eighth best. They drive past Cohassie to get to Whitensville, which I understand. I mean, because Whitensville is just such a gem. You know, my advice would be to go play golf courses, that nine-hole golf courses you've always blown off. Last year, a friend of mine named John Moore wanted to go up and play Hooper Golf Course in New Hampshire, which is an unbelievable Wayne Stiles golf course. And we heard about Brattleboro Country Club, and we decided to stop it and play it. And nobody's ever told me to play Brattleboro. And the first two holes are just amazing. And the second hole has... The, you've played Dunaverty, Oh, yeah. It's punch bowl. Rivals done avertys punch bowl,
0: and that's a serious punch bowl. We're ball.
1: talking a thirty-foot deep punch bowl. Yeah. you're just and you're you're lost just, in that bowl. And you right, and you just go played and you get done. And I think to myself, why is nobody ever played? It's twelve miles from Hooper. I mean, there's your daily double. You play, you play Brattleboro, and you play Hooper, and they're twelve miles away from each other. You know, and so bang, yeah. And so, I think the idea is you got to go for your. I want people to come back to me and say, Hey, you missed this golf course when you wrote the finest nines and you wrote two of the nines, yeah. You know, you, this is where you should. And I want to hear that. I want a second edition, and that people come back to me and say, You know, when you do this, you need to come see this golf course,
0: yeah. So, we need, but the issue as well is. You know, some people are saying, well, I've been blowing this one off or I haven't played it because it's a nine-holer. But a lot of people be saying, like, I don't know where the heck I'd find a nine-holer. You know, in my section, we don't have any. So do you think that it's an obvious question. We both agree nine-holers are good. Right. Let's see more of them. Do you think it's going to happen? I mean, if you look at the success of Winter Park and you look at the success of Sweetens Cove, I mean, they're courses that everyone's buzzing about. Right. So so do you think there's a a shift? Are those two kinds of like, oh, that's nice, but we'll still, let's go build an 8,000-yard course?
1: I think it's on an uptick. I mean, the fact that the Golf Channel had me on as a guest when the Finest Nines came out, to me, is an indication that people are paying attention to nine-hole golf courses. It's also an indication
0: of your charm and good looks.
1: Okay. I'll go with that, too. No, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I, I don't want to say that, but... Um, the makeup people were fantastic. I just
0: <laughs> <laughs> they did me two once. I came out looking. I'm like, oh, I want to leave this on. I look good, man. Yeah.
1: And I think people are realizing that nine-hole golf courses are legitimate, partially because they're reading these books. They're seeing, they're, you know, you're talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. Right. That's good. You know, the fact that my friend wanted to come up from the Bronx and go play, or New York and go play Hooper and let's go play another 9 hole golf course. Let's not go play another 18 hole golf course. Let's let's go find another 9. Is a really good indication. I think it's moving in the right direction. And the other change was for a long time the USGA did not allow you to post a 9 hole score for your Yes, right? And that was a real backhand to every 9 hole golf course. And that dates back to the founding. You can read about you can read McDonald talking about he didn't think 9 hole golf courses should be part of the USGA.
0: Ooh. Yeah, a blot on mcdonald's yeah, escutcheon
1: one of the one of the only ones i've ever found in when they made that shift i think you then said to people okay a nine hole round whether it's on an 18 hole golf course or a nine hole golf course is fine you know and that that yeah. helped
0: that does make a big difference too you know because if you're gonna go out and play i like to post scores i just like to kind of keep track of sure. you know whatever and feel like i played legit golf right and and now yeah you can post that nine hole score so i've got Got one sitting in there right now that's going to get matched up with whatever happens this afternoon. Right. right. So that's cool. Yeah, folks, just post those nine hole scores, and if you eventually, when you post another one, they'll match them up, and that'll go into gin as your, you know, for your handicap, which is great. So yeah, we are going out here now. You've told me I'm not going to play to my handicap, so I'm a little bit, bit disappointed. <laughs> it's
1: a lot to look at. I've that's been doing that reasons. for four days
0: in a row. I was yeah. kind of like, all right, Fenwick, <laughs> finally, let's go low. But tell me about what we're going to find this afternoon. Just
1: an amazing golf course. Quirky on the first hole is a non-denominational chapel that is in play. And then... Whoa, well, I'm glad it's non-denominational. Because <laughs> if then, it was Catholic, I'd get in trouble. I we always hear about the drive into Augusta is the best drive in golf. I think the best walk in golf I've ever had is the first hole, first green to the second tee here is about 250 yards. You have to walk down the street through a neighborhood. And when oh, wow. you do it, and there's a lot of people around, kids are riding their bikes and people are outside. There used to be a golden retriever tied to a tree that demanded to be petted every time you walk by and you walk out to the second tee and it's catherine hepburn's house on the right long island sound south cove on your left and two lighthouses and 195 yard par three.
0: Oh, phenomenal oh i'm psyched and,
1: and then we turn and we go from there and you know we're going to play some we're going to play a bite off short par five but a bite off over the cove and we're going to play this green that's been in existence since 1894 and you know oh man it's a lot of fun we're gonna see we're gonna see the ocean on we'll see we'll see blue water on six or seven holes
0: i'm fired up yeah 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 it's great all right well heck let's go play <laughs> it's time yep. folks thank thank you anthony so much for your time well, uh thank for having me here yeah check out and what's your twitter hand what's your handle tw-
1: uh twitter is at anthony Piappi. yeah you're uh,
0: a good follow man you don't hold back
1: Thank you. No, I don't want to hold back. We have too much holding back and we get too much crap out there.
0: Yeah. So follow Anthony, read his books, play some nine hole golf, everyone. Play some nine hole golf. Play some like we're going to go do. So let's do it.